0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY. Patient
1: of this plan.
0: Uh, got a good show coming up here at uh, one. What about one thirty eight under the new clock, I Think about one thirty eight. that again. About one thirty eight under the new clock. I think we'll have Congressman Kramer on.
2: Yep, yep. That's the way the new clock is working, and I am. I'm looking forward to hearing some of what he's got to say today. There's been a lot going on in Washington.
0: There has been a lot going on, and. I, I'm gonna ask him about this internet, uh, this ISP thing. Everybody's worked up about this. I'm a little and worked up about this. I'm I'm a little worked up about this too. I, I will say. I mean, it's it's not anything that like Google and Facebook aren't already doing. And I understand there's a distinction between an ISP and and your and Facebook. There's I mean, a I guess,
2: big distinction, okay? Well, the IS-
0: well, I'm not sure the distinction is as big as some people say. As ubiquitous as Google and Facebook has become. Um, you know, your, your ISP, you usually don't have a lot of choices, right? Cause a lot of them are through like telecoms and internet providers, which, you know, they're restricted to how many we can have of those in any given market to begin with. Right. I mean, those are heavily regulated industries. So you don't really have a lot of choice when it comes to that. You could argue that. Well, you know, you don't have to use Facebook, but come on, everybody's using Facebook.
2: Yeah, but that's that's not a good argument. You can't you can't I'm say... not arguing
0: in favor of it. I'm not defending it. I no, think it's but, bad. I'm but just
2: what I what I'm saying is that you, you don't actually have to use Facebook, but your ISP is literally the gateway to the internet. Like Tell literally who... all of the internet is protected by the gateway of your internet service provider. Right. So the internet service provider is not business like
0: facebook but where's but where's the uproar over facebook then i mean because listen i understand what you're saying people don't have to use facebook except for that a lot of people kind of do like if you work in marketing right if you if you do what what i do for a living you think i can avoid to not be on facebook i can't afford to not be on facebook
2: no but you can you can control the content that you provide to facebook
0: to a point I mean, all, 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 I'm, all I'm saying is that your data is already being mined six ways to Sunday. Google's doing it. Facebook's doing it. They're all doing it. Oh,
2: absolutely. Um, but and, like- and, and,
0: and the ISPs want in on the game. And I'm not defending that. I'm not really defending any of it. You don't have any privacy online. This crap. But I'll, I guess what I'm saying is this opens a door that's already wide open. And now we've like opened it another couple inches.
2: See, and what what drives me nuts is that I've I've gotten to the point where I, you know, I okay my Internet is being bought and sold or my information is being bought and sold over the Internet all the time. My my browsing habits, all of that is happening on the Internet already. But what I don't like is not so much that ISPs want in on this game, but that they want to they want to be regulated like they were Facebook. But they're not. You can't regulate yeah. an ISP the same way you can a social media website or another website that exists on the Internet. Because an ISP isn't something that exists on the Internet. The ISP is the gateway to the Internet. And those things need to be regulated differently.
0: Uh, I, right. I, and I, I get that and I agree with that argument. I, I guess what I what I'm looking for is some acknowledgment that this is already happening all over the place. I mean that – this ship has sailed. This toothpaste is out of the tube.:
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, My, Facebook uh, <laughs> knows the moment that I've started looking to buy a new DVD.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, Google knows Google knows everything. you know, I, mean, I think it's, Google it's, knows
2: what I want to buy before I know I want to buy it sometimes. If that makes any sense, did I lose Rob? I think I actually lost Rob Port. I thought my argument was so good that he had just gone quiet. All right, so we're going to take a quick break here while I deal with these technical difficulties here on 970 WDAY. You are listening to The Rob Report. We're just going to take our first break a little bit early here. We'll probably get back-, back. Oh, there's there's Rob.
0: All right, sorry about that. Uh, I, I think we had a little bit of an internet blip. I don't know, maybe maybe Google heard what we were talking Uh-oh. about. I'm not sure. The eyes and ears are
2: everywhere, Rob. They're uh, yeah, coming well,
0: for us. Sorry about that. Well, Anyway, I, I want to talk to Congressman Kramer. And by the way, one question I want to ask, because this rule is relatively new, Right. This was something. This restriction was put in place by the FCC during under the Obama the, administration. during the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. But ISPs obviously predated the Obama administration by quite a lot. So, were they doing this before?
2: I don't think big data came into existence too terribly long before the Obama administration, um, at least in in relative terms. The the idea of utilizing big data, at least in advertising ways is certainly not old hat by any yeah. stretch of the imagination
0: yeah i, I mean I, I i guess that's I'd, I'd be interested in knowing what what we were doing or what restrictions if any were in place before the obama administration put this in place so i i don't know a lot of questions we'll talk with congressman kramer about that coming up at uh 138 by the way the issue of, of governor Bergham's salary has come up again down in the legislature i think everybody remembers back during the 2016 campaigns he made a big issue about declining his salary he came into office he was fighting with legislators about it he had a legal team working on whether or not he could decline it well today uh the a, a senate committee amended house bill 1001 to reduce governor Bergham's salary to one dollar i think it's a stupid idea I want to know what you think. 701 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com or tweet me at Rob Port. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Sure you another round. This she down. Welcome back. Rob Port. Welcome back. 701-293-9000, 888 Going into the break, uh, the issue of Governor Doug Burgum's salary has come up again. The uh, state senate has amended it down. Uh, they amended HB1001, that's the budget bill for the governor's office. They put an amendment on it to lower the governor's salary to $1. Um, I think it's a bad idea, and I got a lot of thoughts on why it's a bad idea, but I want to know what you think. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Right off the bat, though, I want to get to uh, Tom. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah,
1: I was uh, listening to your other uh, thing you were talking about here, the ISPs and the uh, data mining and such. All right. Uh, As far as that goes, the thing is about this going, if that was passed with the Congress, it's gone to the Senate, it all has to be signed by the president. And it'll be law. The only thing is, right now, the way it's uh, the way this law was set up is there is no recourse. It can't be repealed once it goes through. It can never be changed. You're going to have to change government before you can change that law.
0: Oh, I don't. So I don't think. Well, that's. That's, that's. I. I don't. I don't think nope. that's true. There's. There's. There's no bill. No Congress can restrain the actions of a future Congress. So there's nope. no.
1: Nope. That's, this. This. This is the well, way it's set up. In certain. No. You're. You're. Way. That. That's. because That's an true before. Uh, apparently uh, it, it's the, the way it's been done it's, it's there's no. no recourse
0: once it's done no. through no that can't be that can, that's no, that's no, absolutely not true no up. no it's 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 absolutely not true it's not okay. that's just not how our government works we could literally if congress wanted no. to they could literally repeal the first amendment now of course that would have to be ratified by the states there is no part of us law that is beyond change by congress that's just not how it works. That's not how it works in North Dakota. It's not how it works nationally. No legislature can restrain a future legislature, right? No laws forever. Um, so as bad as this law is, the idea that it can never, ever be undone once Donald, President Trump signs it, he has indicated that he will, but he hasn't yet. Um, the idea that it could never be undone is false, simply false. Ask President Obama about that, right? I mean, look at all, look at all his, his era policies that are being... Uh, overturned uh, but anyway we'll talk with congressman kramer more about it if you have your comments or questions uh certainly uh, save them up for the congressman he's coming up here at uh, 138 i want to talk a little bit about governor Bergham's salary and, and until I, I don't know how you felt what, what did you think about governor Bergham's promise when he made it about declining his salary did you care i mean was that something that you
2: i i don't know it it struck me as coming from a good place. I mean, he he wanted to make a point that the reason he was running for governor wasn't because he
0: wanted the governor's
2: salary. He but wanted who, to. Did
0: anyone think Doug Burgum wanted the governor's salary?
2: No, but that that's exactly it. I don't I don't think that anybody expected that Doug Burgum of all people wanted or even needed a government salary. So.
0: So why all this? Here's here's and here's why. And I don't I don't mean to jump, but here's here's why. Because okay, he made that promise, and I you know I guess people I thought it was dumb when he made it. And I criticized him for it last year. But here's here's the thing. Because this isn't just about Doug Burgum, right? I I think a lot of people are thinking about it. Well, if Doug doesn't want his salary, what's the big deal? Well, it's not just about him. First of all, I think we run the risk of creating a political precedent whereby the only people you know, everybody has this expectation that if you run for governor, uh, y- you should decline the salary. There may be a lot of people who North Dakotans want to elect to that office who might need the salary. Uh, also, th- there's a, there's another thing to, to worry about. What do we do when it comes to the end of Burgum's term, right? Because if you look at the le- at, the, at the timing of the legislature, the legislature comes into session the January after an election. So, for instance... Whoever – if Doug Burgum were to run again in 2020 and he were to lose, his successor would still be being paid at that existing salary level of $1. So that means that whoever would run against Burgum in 2020 would have to run for an office for which there is no salary. So if you have somebody like a like a Marvin Nelson who ran for the Democrats last year who would probably need that salary, I mean, whatever – you know, I didn't support Marvin for governor because I think he's got the wrong ideas for policies in North Dakota. But he was perfectly qualified to hold that position and probably would have needed the salary. So whoever runs for that office is going to have to live with the fact that they're probably not going to have a salary for the first several months in office until the legislature can raise that salary again. Something, by the way, which would probably become a political football. It's a mess. And by the way, here's another scenario. And I know it's not something any of us want to really think about, but what if something were to happen to Governor Burgum, right? Nobody wants that to happen, but it's something you have to think about, right? What if he has an accident, he becomes incapacitated in some way, or, heaven forbid, he pass away? Whoever would take that office would have no salary. The legislature would have to come into exec, in, into a special session to fix the salary issue. Why would we want to do that? It, it, it's just—it it seems like we're creating a lot of headaches to fix what was ultimately a, a kind of a, a stupid throwaway campaign promise. So that's that's my take on it. It's it's not about Doug Burgum. It's not really about him. It's about that office and all the people who may hold that office after him. Just take the salary, and if if he personally doesn't want to accept it, he could he could. Uh, Donate it to someone to, to another, you know, function or a charity or something, but leave the salary alone. 701 888-970-9329. We got a caller uh ten. Go ahead.
1: Take the salary, announce who you're donating the money to, and leave it alone. You're creating a law for one single
0: person. Yeah. I agree. I mean that's and that's essentially what this amendment does. It takes it down to one dollar, but what about the people after? I mean, that's that's the point. And by the way, I mean, people get wrapped around the axle, uh, you know, about pay for for politicians or whatever. It's, it's the salary is really not that big in terms of of what we I mean, it's it's one hundred and thirty three thousand dollars a year for the average North Dakota. And that's a lot of money. I mean, that's not a small salary. But when you look at, you know, for instance, a college president, you know, is making triple that uh, in our state. So it's 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 not it's not like it's an exorbitant salary. In terms here's of the, the position, here's the difference I see: we're paying the governor,
1: okay, and and now all of a sudden it's become personal that we're paying Doug Burgum, and I yeah. think that the law says we pay the governor, whoever that is, the, the money. Now, if Doug Burgum, the person, wants to do whatever he wants with his money. I got no problem with that.
0: Yeah, if he wants to turn around, I, you know, I don't donate it to the national North Dakota National Guard Foundation. Donate it to one of the arts councils in the state. I mean, there's there's plenty of. Of groups. I out on the street, but you know that the
1: law should just say shouldn't say the governor. Then make make the law to say Doug Burgum personally, and then the next guy is free and clear. To but do but they can, he wants. I don't, I
0: don't, I don't think they can do that. I don't think they can well, write know, a law know, that applies to a that, single person. If you want I, to do this,
1: then craft a the law just to say Doug Burgum, because it's that's what, it's all about that. What, what's
0: what's that called? when you write a? Is, is that a bill of attainder? Where you write a law for one person? Maybe I'm maybe that's wrong. Good maybe lawyer I don't know question.
1: It. I don't know the answer.
0: All right. Thanks for the call, Ted. Appreciate it. Congressman Kevin Kramer coming up next. You got comments? You got questions? 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, email talk@wdw.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Rob Port here on 970 WDAY. We've got uh, Congressman Kevin Kramer on the line with us. If you want to ask comments, uh, questions, 701-293-9000, 888 email talk at WDAY.com or tweet me at Rob Port. Uh, Kevin, welcome. Yeah. Thanks. We got a uh, caller right off the bat with a question for what? you, John. Go ahead. Thank
1: you. Go ahead. It's your favorite heck raiser, Congressman. I love that. Uh, I hold a North Dakota Concealed Carry Class 1 license. It's recognized in 39 states, which would be yep. roughly 80% of this country. Yep. 11 states fail to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Those 11 states tend to be the ones with the highest uh, crime rates, the most egregious anti gun laws, and uh, are also uh, fostering sanctuary cities. Yeah. I realize that your concern is, you know, about state sovereignty, but what I would like to see is this national reciprocity move forward from the standpoint of my rights are being infringed upon by less than 20% of this country at this point, point. and I just feel that it, with an 80% majority recognizing my permit that now is the time to do this because we have a president who is— pretty much said he would sign a, a, a bill yeah. if it is presented to him.
3: Mm-hmm. I And I agree with you and him, and actually, the, it, interestingly, the 80%, while that's a very compelling point, is almost, is almost not relevant because, in my view, the Constitution of the United States um, is very specific about what powers it gives to the federal government, what powers uh, – and, of course, all the rest are, are for states. But one of the specific areas in the Constitution of course is uh, the right to bear arms, is the Second Amendment. So, so in my view, it's it's really fairly simple. Anyway, now I, you've called before on this topic, and so I did visit with. Um, well, let me back up. As you know, I'm a co-sponsor of the of the uh, reciprocity bill. There are a lot of co-sponsors right now. I want to say, uh, I, I want to say, there's like well over 100, maybe getting closer to 200. So you, when you talk about large percentages of people, even a large percentage of, of Congress is supportive. So I talked to uh, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee that has jurisdiction over it, and we he thinks that um, we will, in fact, have a hearing on the bill, that there's a very good chance it passes the House, of course. When you get up bumping up on 180 to 200 co-sponsors, you're in pretty good shape. Um, and then that it would in fact be able to go over to the Senate where they'll have a shot at it as well. So, um we've been making a lot of progress just in the in the last few weeks and uh we'll see where it goes from there, but um I'm I'm with you on the topic and I'm glad to be a sponsor of the bill. Hopefully we can get it done.
0: I have an email from Mark. Uh, Rob is a self-appointed nerd that has been since uh, such uh, since before it became fashionable. And as a Republican who has supported Congressman Kevin Kramer in his endeavors, there is absolutely no excuse that he could give that will make me think that he had the best interests of North Dakota or its residents in mind when he voted in favor of this bill. And he's talking about the Internet privacy bill. Uh, this was something that we were uh, able to stop from happening while Obama was in office, and I have ticked off beyond belief on this topic i think a lot of people want an explanation what what was this bill why did you vote for it
3: sure so what the bill was is it was reversing a, a one of obama's midnight rules that he that he signed and or that his fcc signed on his, their way out the door that was it imposed on internet service providers and this is really it is some sort of nerdy, but it really is an important distinction internet service provider so the internet service provider is the the entity that has the pipe, basically, so it's like your local cable company or the, your, you know, rural telephone cooperative, uh, whoever whoever the service provider is is providing, um, you know, access to your to your house, and you giving you access, of course, to the internet. <laughs> A couple of years ago, or maybe it was last year. at times so deceiving, but the, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission took power that the privacy power away from the federal trades commission the Fed, the federal trades commission is that has the jurisdiction of personal for over personal privacy and they have by the way a very good and very effective regime and um enforcement tool for protecting people's privacy the fcc because they have jurisdiction what well, let's me back up even further when remember when the fcc did what's called net neutrality they They made the Internet a Title II jurisdictional utility, just like a railroad. Title II was created for railroads, and it's applicable to, like, monopoly utilities, best known as, of course, like your electric utility and your gas company. They applied the same exact regime to the Internet so that they could control this very innovative thing called the Internet. With that, then they followed that up with this privacy rule on their way out the door uh, earlier this year, late last year. And they applied rules that are absolutely so far from the FTC's rules only to the Internet Service Provider. And I stress Internet Service Provider because what it doesn't apply the rules to, of course, are the edge providers, like a Google, which, of course, is the main search engine, or any other search engine, or a Facebook, which, you you know, these are the people that gather personal data. Internet Service Providers really don't have access to a lot of personal data, and of course, with encryption, there's less and less. So what we're doing is giving that authority back to the FTC, and then the FCC under Ajit Pai, the new FCC chairman, who has pledged quite emphatically. Um, and he, by the way, he voted against this rule last year as well, even though he was outnumbered on the commission three to two. Uh, because there are three Democrats and two Republicans on the commission at the time. He's now the chairman. So he's going to then begin the rule process for harmonizing FCC and FTC rules so the entire Internet ecosystem is treated the same. Privacy is much better protected in, in that regime than it would be under an FCC, um, you know, one-size-fits-all sort of uh, regime that, that, uh, that frankly creates a lot of confusion it's duplicative. It just adds cost and burden, uh, uh, compliance burden to, um, to the Internet and, frankly, runs the risk of being much less safe and, frankly, um, you know, can really hamper innovation. So, uh, you know, it's easy to sort of wrap the rhetoric that it's, hey, this is anti-privacy, this vote. But the reality is it actually ends up being more better for privacy because it's, it harmonizes the rules on the agencies
0: everybody is saying that the, the, the big claim that everybody's putting out there is that this allows the ISPs to sell our browsing data. And I got to imagine the ISPs know unless I'm using some sort of encryption. And even, even then, I think there are ways to get around it. Uh, but, but my internet service provider knows which websites I'm visiting. I mean, obviously I'm a customer of theirs and, and they have that data. And, and the claim being made is that they could then turn around and sell my browsing data to people who, Who wanted? it? You're saying that's not true? Well,
3: what I'm I'm saying is, first of all, I do think encryption protects you from that, um, Rob, for the the most part. And you're right. There's always another technology that tries to get around that. But things are getting more encrypted, not less encrypted. The second thing I would say is, as you know, Google and Facebook already do the same exact thing. Except they have real sensitive information. They don't just have which websites you're going to. They have all kinds of sensitive information. What, what, what this does is this allows the FCC and the FTC to harmonize the rules so that the entire ecosystem is treated equally. Um, so both the FCC and the FTC retain their, their fundamental authority over consumer privacy on a case-by-case basis so that's how it's always worked but the split in, in the jurisdiction is the result of the FCC's decision to classify these internet service providers as common carriers that that's the you know the regulatory authority or the regulatory term for like a railroad or, or your local you know telephone or I mean I'm sorry uh, electric electric uh, company but that that stripped the FTC of its authority over the broadband providers privacy practices so it really the FTC is really the best cop on the beat. That's what it comes down to. We'd much rather have the FTC, who for decades has been um, in charge of privacy, continue to be in charge of privacy. And if we're going to duplicate anything, we have to duplicate it and harmonize it with the FTC rather than, you know, rather than just uh, sort of this one size fits all you know, regime that- on on the sure. internet service providers, sure. who really have far less information than than the uh, the edge providers.
0: 701 If you want to join in, email talk at WDAY.com or tweet me, at Rob Port. Uh, one, one last question. I mean, you can argue, and it's it's a hard argument to make, given how ubiquitous Google and Facebook right, are yeah. online. But the argument people make is that, well, I can install on my computer a, you know ad-blocking software, or I could just choose not to use a Google or not to use a Facebook, I, I think – Again, how ubiquitous those services are, that's becoming harder and harder to avoid them. But people are saying, you know, I don't have a lot of choices when it comes to my ISP necessarily, uh, but I can choose not to use Facebook or Google or some other company that I think is is collecting too much data from me. What do you say to that argument, that there's a fundamental difference between Facebook and Google and the ISPs?
3: Well, because now that argument is based on the premise that that Tom Wheeler, the former FCC chairman, used – to impose Title II regulations on the internet, Re- remembering that one thing about the internet, I think we can all admit, is it has been the most innovative thing in in uh, certainly in the recent decades, and it has bl- blossomed and bloomed and exploded into an incredible market-based um, uh, distribution system. And so, when you at, when you apply this sort of um, monopoly regulatory regime to it, you, you know, you lose that, you lose a lot of that innovation, and that's sort of what's at the at the core of this. I think you have, always have to go back to that, that Title II determination, which I just think was one of the great mistakes. Uh, uh, well, there's so many in the Obama administration, but that's what led to this other thing, and, and so I think you do have more choices than we sometimes recognize in Internet service providers. Um, with wireless and wireline and cable and uh, you know, your telephone company with with all kinds of uh, all kinds of means of distrib- distributing information. Uh, there's more competition, and we want there to be more competition. We don't want it to be one monopoly provider, and so we don't want to do anything that that leads to that. But I want to reassure people though that this will. Ultimately, enhance their privacy by having the FCC and the FTC and you'll see you'll see uh, Chairman Pai move on this very quickly. He has a very good statement out today on on the passage of the bill actually and how he intends to follow up with it because um, this guy's very we, I had him in Fargo in fact last year for several events, and uh, you, it'll be much better if we can if we can harmonize the FCC and the FTC rules, maintain their jurisdiction, but harmonize their rules for the entire ecosystem of the internet.
0: All right. I uh, I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate your time as always, Congressman, and uh, I hope that answers everybody's questions. There's a lot of concern about this out there, though, so... Well, that's because it's so easy three to, to
3: demagog, oh, my God, they're going to grab your privacy. It, 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 by the way, <laughs> I always find it interesting, too, because I don't want anybody to have my, you know, a lot of my private information either. I also long ago gave up on thinking that they didn't have it, of course, because every time I, every time I download a new game or a new app or anything, uh, I don't, some people are probably more uh, judicious about reading yeah. all those things before you push. I agree. But um, we want to protect privacy, and we'll be able to do it much better, I think, under the new
0: regime. Congressman, thanks for your time. Appreciate thanks. it. Thanks. Anytime, Rob. You bet. Bye-bye. We'll wrap up the show right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. Until, you know, we were talking about the governor's uh, salary and uh, the amendment taking it down to $1. And I uh, actually got a copy of the amendment. And what it does, and I'm adding this update to my post at sayanythingblog.com, what it does is it takes the amendment to $1. It uh, makes that retroactive until December 15, 2016, which is obviously when, when Governor Bergham took office. Uh, and then it sets a contingent expiration date. Uh, It says, Section 6 of this this act, which is the section which, which sets the salary to $1, is effective until the Secretary of State notifies the Legislative Council that an individual who did not hold the office of governor as of December 15, 2016, has filled an oath of office to assume the office of governor or until December 14, 2020, whichever date is earlier. So basically, they're making it apply only to Governor Doug Burgum, which... I guess it leaves a lot of the concerns I had about what happens for the next governor, what happens if something happens to our current governor. Um, I guess it addresses a lot of that. I still think the whole thing's dumb. The guy had to just take the salary.
2: You want to talk about unnecessary uses of our part-time legislature's time?
0: Yeah. Well, also, <laughs> I, I don't like I don't like to create the political expectation that this is somehow a good thing. You know, that, that you know... It's a good thing. It's something that we should vote on, something that we should count if a governor says, oh, I'm not going to take my salary, because the only people who can make that promise are people who are independently wealthy. And I don't know about the rest of you. I don't have anything against wealthy people. I think it's great that Doug Burgum's successful. I think that's certainly a part of his resume that appeals to a lot of people, including me. But I don't I don't want to create a situation where it's like, oh, this governor has to take a salary. Like that's a bad thing. I, it, it's not a bad thing. The Governor does a job for the state of North Dakota. You ought to take a salary for it. the The whole thing is ridiculous. I wish they'd let this go. it just it just doesn't make sense to me. Um I, I don't understand why we're doing it. I, I don't even understand why anybody would even be persuaded to buy this sort of thing. it It, it really goes to show because there were a lot of people who liked. That Bergam promised not to take his salary. A lot of people who I guess were swayed by it or whatever, but this it, it goes to show how often sh- you know sort of shallow, off-the-cuff campaign rhetoric makes for really, really poor public policy when the rubber actually hits the road. Because this is this is just kind of dumb. It really is. Uh, last couple of minutes here, 701 email talk at WDAY.com. So, yeah, it, um, contingent expiration date, I guess, applies only to the current governor in office. Uh, oh, and by the way, I, I think earlier I had mentioned that, you know, a bill singling a specific person out being a bill of attainder, that's correct. But the bill of attainder, which, which are actually mentioned in our national constitution, those usually refer to a bill... That would exact a punishment on a specific person. So I guess what, what, what the U.S. Constitution prohibits is is if Congress passed a law saying that Rob Port should be, you know, I don't know, whipped <laughs> at the stockade or something like that. Stoned. Stoned, yeah. You can't do that. They can't pass a bill that applies to one person. But I, I had thought that you couldn't do that. Like you couldn't pass a bill saying, you know— we're gonna give him a hundred million dollars to this one single person, either. I, I didn't think, or, or we're gonna lower this one single person's tax rate to zero percent. I, I thought we couldn't do that, but I don't know.
2: It sure seems like we can because
0: maybe we they, can. they just did. Although they don't mention Doug Burgum, they're basically, saying, I guess, they're saying that that you know the occupant of this office, like, because it's like, but it is, it, it is basically it says it says the one dollar salary is no longer. It, the one dollar salary expires the minute somebody who wasn't in office on December fifteenth, two thousand sixteen, holds that office.
2: So they're not mentioning him by name, but they are—they are
0: doing. It's pretty clearly tailored to him. Just yes, to specifically Doug Burgum. I don't know why are we why are we wasting our time with this crap? There are so many other things they could be doing. Frustrating. Hey, Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Remember, you can always catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.